All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Online Course Masters Show, where you learn how to create, launch, and promote your own online courses. This is episode 82. Jeremy Deegan and I are excited to be chatting with Mohammed Azam, who teaches on Udemy part-time on the side. He's a full-time boot camp instructor. We're going to be talking and learning more about his work uh, full-time and how to run a successful online course business on the side. He's averaging around $2,000 on Udemy now. And so first, Jeremy, welcome back to the show. You excited for this interview? Hey, Phil. Yes, definitely. <laughs> awesome. And Mohammed, thank you so much for being here. Uh, you're tuning in live from Houston, Texas, and we're excited to be chatting with you live. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. Well, let's get straight into the interview. All right, Mohammed. So uh, we like to just, you know, start out to hear what kind of uh, course topics do you like to or are you teaching? Yeah, so I'm mainly an iOS developer. So I teach iOS development, which is different from my day job where I teach web development for a bootcamp called Digital Crafts. But uh, for my iOS or for my Udemy courses, it's mostly circulating around iOS. Um, I am working on a new course on web development, which hopefully will be out in a month. But I would say 95% iOS. Uh, nice. nice. What, what do you love about teaching online courses? Uh, ability to reach a much larger audience, and I really I teach for a living uh, in a boot camp. So this gives me more ability to learn something new, like maybe machine learning and different iOS frameworks like Flutter or React Native, also. And obviously, getting to know people around the world. Uh, Sometimes I go to conferences and they will recognize me. Hey. I am enrolled in one of your courses. And I'm like, yeah, well, that's actually really nice to hear. Yeah, that's cool. So I know we're going to talk more about this in the future or in a little bit, but you have a full-time job and you're just doing this on the side. Is this something that you have a goal of doing full-time or is it just right now kind of nice to have the extra income on the side and that's kind of what what the ultimate goal is right now? Um, definitely, I'm obviously very far away from my goal, but yes, that is definitely maybe I, I can't even put a timeline on it. Uh, I love teaching uh, like a normal physical boot camp where I actually teach every day in office. Uh, so I love that also. But uh, yes, ability to teach online and getting a larger audience is also very good. Yes, the idea is to go full-time eventually. That eventually might be 10 years, 15 years. We don't really know. Uh, but and the money that I get from here plus the money that I get from job, well, usually Udemy money I use just to travel and just taking my family for small vacations because I love to travel. So I use that. Nice. That's a great way. To, that's a great way to use it for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, how'd you get started in teaching online courses, and what were you doing before that? I mean, obviously teaching boot camps, mm -hmm. but just go back a little ways and give us a little bit about your background. Sure. So, I started with being a .NET developer, 2005, after I graduated from college, and I worked as a consultant. Uh, till maybe like 2009 or even 10 or 11, uh, working with different companies. And overall, I think I went to at least like dozen different companies and work. Uh, they were my clients and I was going to these different companies. In 2010, I was introduced to iOS development and that completely changed everything. I was just in love with iOS development and Objective-C 
and then later on Swift. So I work with uh, Home Depot, a blinds.com company, uh, improving their applications app as a lead developer. After that, I jumped to a learning uh, bootcamp, Iron Yard, where I work around like close to one and a half year before they shut down. Then I joined Digital Crafts, where I'm working right now in Houston, Texas. So it's been very different, as you can see, like consultant, web development, iOS developer, now a bootcamp developer. It has been a very different ride. Uh, but I have been involved in online teaching one form or the other since 2004 when I was publishing videos on .NET development on uh, ASP Alliance and uh, different clients that I had. So which platforms are you teaching on today? Is it uh, just you to me or do you have other platforms you teach on also? So online, I'm only teaching on Udemy. I tried out Skillshare. It didn't really work out for me. Uh, I do uh, teach also on uh, YouTube, which I just published some free one free video a week, uh, Adam Sharp Weekly. Uh, that's just to gain some attraction so that they can go and experience some other courses also. But yes, I would say 99.9% .9 it is all Udemy. And when, when did you put your first course on there? I think it was the December-ish of like 2015, earned like maybe $20 on the first course. <laughs> yeah. uh, and my first course was like a horrible story. As soon as I published my first course on iOS development uh, mapping applications, so you can create maps, a uh, week after I published, Apple released Swift 2.0, yeah. which completely, <laughs> complete, <laughs> completely broke everything that I did. And I started getting like, hey, this doesn't work. And I'm like, yeah, I know, I know. I mean, I'm just updating. But uh, I had to like recreate the whole course from scratch again. It completely broke everything. So how'd you get through that? Was that like uh, demotivating? Like how were you able to say, I'm, I'm going to just update and keep on going? <laughs> I knew that that was going to happen, and that happened again when I was working and I was creating a course on server-side Swift with, using Vapor Framework. I created Vapor 2, and then eventually they come, came out with Vapor 3, which is completely different from Vapor 2. It mm -hmm. broke everything. Uh, so I had to recreate those courses. Um, yeah, I think that's when, when you're in the technology world, mm -hmm. you can kind of have to live with that. Yeah. <laughs> live with that. So... You're in this technology space, app development. Actually, the past couple of interviews that we've done in the for the past couple of weeks of the show have also been people in the tech space. And w we promise to the listeners we're going to talk with people who are in other spaces. But this is uh, a type of course that is just really popular on Udemy and just online in general. But obviously, it's a very crowded space. So when you first started teaching your courses and even till today i mean mm -hmm. did you what was your process or what was the mindset for like getting into it knowing that there were already a lot of successful people teaching on the same kind of topics and kind of how how have you differentiated yourself with your courses or what what has that been like yeah, so I always teach very niche courses. So I would never do, or I haven't done really like the complete guide to Android development. That will, with my full-time job, that will take me two years <laughs> to do that. So my courses are usually less than 10 hours. Sometimes, yes, they are 15, 16 hours, but to get to 15, 16 hours, it took me like a year to update the course. Mm -hmm. So I usually try to create very niche courses like AR Kit or machine learning in iOS or blockchain development in Swift. So these are very, very niche courses that I do. Uh, 
And I can think of these courses really quickly. I think I have just this creative uh, mind that I can just think of these niche courses. And uh, I only target those niche courses. So that is the main differentiator between uh, my courses and those big courses. Not saying that those big courses are bad or anything. I mean, they are uh, really good, like Angela and uh, Max. They are my favorite instructors. But I want to be differentiated among Mm -hmm. them. So that's my plan, just to target niche courses. Well, that's uh, and that's awesome to hear that that's been successful. I mean, you're making two thousand dollars a month on average on Udemy, and with your more niche courses, and um, you're doing this part time. So I think if you mm. if you ever did if you found more time, you could obviously be making more money and more courses with with your skill set and with your courses. But it is great to hear that this strategy has worked for you because I, I often recommend do the big general course Mm -hmm. because that's where most beginners, there's a bigger audience for that type of course. But we've also heard again, just in the past couple episodes of the show, people like you teaching very specific courses and uh, just because there's so much in the technology field and the, it's just even within app development there's so much to to learn and to teach you can have success with those more mm. specific niche courses so just like uh, again with like your first course that you published and then with your next ones like did you was it just posting it on udemy and letting it go to see if it made any money did you do anything else outside of udemy or to try mm-hmm. to promote it? Yeah, so I usually promote it on Twitter, on YouTube. I did try out uh, Twitter as well as Facebook advertisement, but that didn't really work out for me. I Maybe I'm not really that kind of a minded person. I don't know how that really works. I tried it out, didn't work. Uh, I did, yeah, I wrote a lot of articles on Medium, like a lot of long articles on niche, niche things like MVVM design and all those programming stuff that also let a lot of people enrolling in the courses. And once people enroll in some of my courses, they become kind of like my fan. And whenever I release another course, they automatically enroll in those courses. It's kind of like a snowball that's slowly starting to roll and getting bigger and bigger. It's a slow process for me, at least having a part-time thing, but uh, it's, you know, it's every course gets, gets me some new customers and new students. So when you uh, published that first course, did you have any audience at all, like on YouTube or on a blog or anything like that? Uh, just my Twitter followers, which were like around 2,500 Twitter followers and maybe four to 5,000 YouTube people. But uh, yeah, I started out with, with nothing, basically. Cool. Uh, yep. So you, you pub- published that first course in 2015. You said you made $20, which I love to hear because my first course was $24. And, <laughs> and it motivated me to keep going. Um, what was it like after you published that first course? It, were you just like, I love this. I want to keep making more courses. You have 23 courses now, which mm-hmm. is no small feat. And, uh, you know, eight hour courses, you know, that takes a long time. So um, what was it like after you published that first course to keep moving forward? I think for me, I always have some sort of a thing in mind that why I'm doing this, Uh, obviously trying to reach a larger audience, trying to teach people. And I've been doing that since like forever, 2004, when I was pushing videos on different websites like ASP Alliance. Um, Yeah, I didn't really get demotivated for these things. Like if I'm making $20, $24, 
because I always remember like when I was in school or in college and I was trying to get some money for my uh, tuition fees, I used to write articles for six, seven dollars for one article, which is 500 words long. And now I'm doing the same article for six hundred dollars. So it just you have to just have faith that it is going to happen if you are just patient. But if you after a couple of months, like maybe you just give up, then you never really know that uh, what would happen if you didn't give up and uh, continue all the time. So I guess you miss 100 percent of the shots that you don't take, which is a saying. And uh, I just want to take every shot and see sometimes it fails, sometimes it hits. And that's how it is. Cool. So, what is what is what is um what's different now than when you started? So now now that you've taken those shots and you've kind of seen what works and what doesn't work, um you know when you're when you make that first course, you have no idea what you're doing. Uh, now that you um have made that course, you've gone through the process. How's it look now than when you first started? Yeah. So I learned from the best. Uh, Max, I, I know that Max has been on the podcast also. Maximilian is one of my favorite authors, uh, instructors. He's amazing. And I learned a lot from him that how he designed his courses. Uh, like, uh, I think like he wants to make completely clean desktop. So nothing on the desktop, only the things that you want to see. Mm-hmm. Then I also went to LinkedIn or lynda.com and created two, three courses or four courses for them. And I learn a lot from their process. Obviously, they're using like way more professional equipment that I have. But I learn a lot that how to create those courses. Uh, then watching, obviously, Phil's courses, uh, which are amazing. I learn a lot about different things like uh, green screen, how to use green screen. And I have been using green screens in my courses also now. I mean, it's a, like a cheap, cheap kind of a green screen, but it's much better than what I had. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I really learned uh, from LinkedIn is when I was recording some course for LinkedIn in Carpentaria, uh, Carpentaria California, the, when I wanted to record the promo video, they told me to stand up. And I'm like, why should I stand up? And they told me, yeah, just stand up because you're going to have more energy. Mm-hmm. And they were right. They When I stand up and recorded that 30-second promo, it had more energy. So now every lecture literally every single lecture that i record all of them are standing up so i don't sit down when i'm creating a course so i love, I learned, I love that yeah. quick tip yeah that's good so yeah i learned from linkedin learned from max learned from phil learned from amazing people on the community and it's, it's a really good community and i'm just um, i'm always a learner and i'm always be learning these uh tips from everyone. Very cool. And for anyone who's interested, that interview with Maximilian Schwartzmuller is actually episode 16. So that was a long time ago, <laughs> but you can find that on onlinecoursemasters.com. Yeah, I went back, I listened to all of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I like that. I do the same thing. I mean, like, you know, uh, model what is working. Um, You know, Phil, I don't know how many courses you have now. I know it's a lot. And uh, a lot of what I learned was watching Phil's courses because it's like, you know, he obviously has gone through the process. He's created so many courses. He knows what works and doesn't work. So I like that tip, too. That's good. And I think the other tip is that make course on something that you're passionate about. I, I think there were times that I created some courses and I had no interest in them. And it kind of shows, it was, I had to drag myself that okay, I need to record this. I had no interest in this. I finished the course, but it was not a good experience. So if you are not passionate about the thing that you're teaching, it will show in your voice that you are not passionate about those things. 
yeah. uh, and people will realize that and uh, well make sure that you're passionate about those things very cool yeah no totally totally agree and like you said it's a lot about experimenting and uh, a lot of people can have success with one or two courses but i found myself in my, in my journey and i think we all all three of us can agree that it's our success has come through creating lots and lots lots of courses and while i would have loved if all of my courses were like looked the same, had the same graphics, had the same sort of style. I was standing in all of them. A lot of my courses look different because I've been experimenting with things. And I think through my own journey, I've, I've learned that there's some things you can actually like let go of in terms of trying to make your course better. Some, in some of my courses, I have like really fancy graphics that I add, uh, motion graphics that make it look super snazzy music and all this kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, that's not what makes a great course. And so lately, a lot of my courses have kind of dialed back on mm. some of those kinds of things that I was trying to do to make a course better, quote unquote better. Um, because really at the end of the day, it's all about the, the content itself and the goal yeah. that you have in mind for the student and if that student is actually achieving that goal. So we've got some more questions coming up, but we do have to go to an ad break. So we'll be right back after this. This episode and all of our episodes are sponsored by the Online Course Masters Academy, the one and only place you need to become an online course master yourself. With over two dozen courses that tackle every aspect of running a successful online course business, a private community of students like you, and bonuses like live office hours and webinar trainings, we've built the Online Course Masters Academy for anyone creating their very first online course and for anyone more advanced looking to increase their business and brand. Visit onlinecoursemasters.com academy to join today. All right, we are back. And so just continuing this great interview, um, you talked a little bit about using YouTube to and, and having a YouTube and Twitter presence outside of Udemy before you started teaching online. And you're still doing that. I guess, what is your strategy right now for growing your brand outside of Udemy uh, with a website? You talked also about using medium.com to write articles. I guess just walk us through what your strategy is growing your brand. Yeah, so I obviously need to publish three to four courses a year on something that I'm interested in. So that's the first thing, uh, so that my students, my followers, they keep getting new material. The other thing that I always take very seriously is the, the questions that I receive. I always answer all the questions as soon as I can. Now, obviously, if you have a very large following, and thousand and thousand and hundred thousand million users, then it might not be possible. But since I have like maybe 38,000 and I get like maybe five or six questions a week and I try to answer them as soon as possible. And always be polite when answering the questions. Always be kind. Don't start with you're wrong or something like that. That doesn't translate well. Um, my plan right now is since I didn't really do well in Twitter and Facebook advertisement, so I'm just trying to more push more content out every week. So maybe bi-weekly or bi-weekly, I'm pushing out one long article on Medium about something. And every week I push out 
uh, some sort of a YouTube channel video, which is being enjoyed by a lot of people uh, since I just started Adam Sharp uh, weekly channel. Apart from that, I definitely go to conferences. So one of the things that I like to do especially is I want to give back to the community also, to my students also, or to the community that has given me the freedom to you know, travel the world and earn a little bit more passive income, side income. So I try to at least go once a year to anywhere and present a topic like augmented reality or Swift or something completely for free. So I will buy my own ticket, I will buy my own hotel and my car, and I will go and I will present maybe it's Portland, Oregon, maybe it's Mexico City, it can be Boston. I went to Boston, Mexico City. I was planning to go to Chile this year, it didn't happen, but uh, anywhere and just to give back to the community. Uh, so that also makes your audience bigger and uh, they will be surprised that you came all the way from Houston and you didn't charge anything and you're just presenting for free just to give back to the community. So how are, how are, yeah, how are you ahead. finding how are, how are you finding those and how are you setting up those speaking arrangements? So I've done in Boston and Mexico City and Chile was also set up but I had some family emergency but for Boston and Mexico City I just try to find those meetup groups, iOS meetup group or VR AR meetup group in Boston and I try to just contact the organizer and they were very kind to completely uh, scheduled the whole place in Boston, uh, I think it was last year, completely scheduled the whole building on a Saturday where I can come and present AR workshop. And in Mexico City, they also did the same thing. So you're finding a meetup group, you said on meetup.com or elsewhere? Yeah, it's mainly on meetup.com. So on meetup.com, you're just reaching out to the group founder and just asking them, hey, can I present? And that's it? Yeah, that's so cool. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Sometimes I don't get a reply, but I would say most of the time I have been I have, was able to get a reply. Uh, I was I'm planning to go to Oregon, uh, so I might speak over there also. But it's the same time as WWDC, so they might have a different session going on. But uh, usually, if yeah, they always ask like, "Why are you doing it for free?" I mean, do I have to pay? I'm like, "No, you don't have to pay me. Just uh, I'm just going there just to contribute." And since I love to travel. It all is kind of like a two things in one. Yeah, I can uh, cool. travel also. Yeah. And I can uh, meet with the people and uh, socialize also over there. And it's a when business you, expense, so you can <laughs> write it off. <laughs> so when, business, when, you, yeah. when you do these, um, when you go to speak, are you doing any kind of like promotions there? Are you telling people about your course? Or are you getting them on an email list or anything like that? I don't really get them on the email list, but again, I do share the slides or the code and I tell them that, hey, this is only like one tenth of the course that I've already created. It's on Udemy and you can use these coupons to get the course, the complete course from there. Uh, so most of the people, they do use those coupons. Uh, but that's, yeah, I mean, I just want them to know that if they have any questions, they can definitely, you know, ask me. It's cool. So, I mean, I know you're doing it too for the contribution, but that does convert pretty well when, when you do do that. Uh, it doesn't really convert well in terms of revenue or anything, but uh, I would say I just do it just to contribute to yeah, the cool. community I'm part of. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And it, hey, gets more people aware of who you are and yeah. ultimately is going to help you out in some way. Um, just kind of going back, I think people are interested in how this works because we actually haven't talked about using medium.com as a platform to, to write on. 
Mm-hmm. But um, can you just talk about your choice for using medium.com, how that actually works for someone just to sign up and start writing and why they would use medium instead of writing on their own blog? I mean, I think they can definitely write on their own blog. That is always, I guess, preferable. But medium already has a large following. And so I use that following. And there are a lot of publications on medium, which one of them is Hacker Noon. Uh, another one is like the Noteworthy or iOS development channel or iOS development publication. So you can just ask them, hey, can you add my article to your publication? And now it's visible to like 50,000 people. That's so cool. I usually write, now I'm writing like long articles. So I usually write like bi-weekly or maybe once a month sometime, but a really long article. And at the end of the article, I can just link that, hey, if you want to learn more, I have a course on the same thing. Cool. Very cool. Are you are you building an email list at all, or are you just sending people directly to the course? Uh, yeah, I don't really have email list. I have just YouTube people and the uh, Twitter followers, as well as just uh, the students that I have in my course. Yeah. Okay, so so when you um, like say you launch a new course tomorrow, uh, how are you promoting that new course? So I usually just write a long article on Medium about that. I create some uh, like introductory videos publish it on my YouTube channel. And obviously the main revenue that get generated is from my existing students. So sending out those promotional emails to 38,000 students with some sort of a time limit to two to three days to use a coupon. And that actually works out pretty well. And in terms of pricing, are you just how, what is like the price of your coupon that you promote for Uh launching a course? Yeah, usually it's nine ninety nine to twelve ninety nine, but I think ninety nine percent of the time it's nine ninety nine. Mm-hmm. I did try out some other techniques like buy to buy this course and get this course free. That didn't really work out for me. <laughs> uh, they just got the free course, uh, but that's fine. <laughs> I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, I've tried different things. Um, usually, I would have also obviously a bonus lecture at the end of any of the course, which will redirect them to some other course that is very related to the course they already completed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but usually I would say 90% of the revenue comes from the promotional emails that I send. Got it. Cool. Now you said you did three to four courses uh, a year. Is that correct? That's what you're, I would you go, say, yeah. you're some of them, you some of my, some of my courses are very small, like the Swift five course that I did is under two hours, which I just did in one week. Mm-hmm. It's a very small course. The, the course that I'm working on right now, it's, uh, 11 plus hours is still not done. So hopefully in a couple of weeks, I will be launching that. So when you're, um, when you're in between those timeframes, maybe you go a couple months and you don't have a course launch, are you still promoting your other courses or do you wait, wait for just that launch? If I know that I'm not going to be able to publish the course within a month, I still have two promotional announcements. I do use those promotional okay. announcements and promote something else. Some other course. Yeah, definitely. And kind of like taking a step back, actually, what is your process for coming up with new course topics? Are you doing any sort of research or validation with Udemy's tools, Marketplace Insight tools or online? Or are you just kind of just picking something off the top of your head that you are interested Mm -hmm. in teaching? Most of the time or 90% of the time, I just pick something that I'm interested in learning. Uh, I did started this uh, Google form and submitting it to my students and asking them what do they want to see, just write it out. Mm-hmm. Um, that 
they come come up comes up with a lot of ideas, but they don't necessarily be the famous ideas. I mean, even people are saying a thousand people will vote on something. It doesn't really matter that they will buy that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm usually again finding very niche courses that will not exist in iOS development. And I think I'm a little bit good at picking out niche courses like the AR Kit course. Although it's not really a niche course, I was the first one to create AR Kit course when AR Kit actually came out in whole Udemy. So that was a huge seller uh, two years ago, and it's still selling uh, the highest uh, revenue course that I have uh, made. Um, but yeah, I usually ask people sometimes, but most of the time it's just randomly I'm picking courses. Got it. Cool. Very cool. So what, um, what, what's your like course creation process kind of walk us through like how, you know, picking a topic and then, you know, recording, editing, kind of take us through that process. Sure. So once I pick up the topic, what I would do my, since my, my is a coding course, I do all, all programming course. I create all the programming. I write the whole program once so that I can use it as a reference. So mm-hmm. I can see it working and I just set it up in a different screen and I use it as a reference when I'm actually pro- programming on the, for the course. Um, I use minimum amount of thing for recording and I think you guys are going to come and like, uh, slap me on my face as head. Um, I, use, uh, I don't use any fancy things. I don't use any mic, uh, like uh, fancy mics, although I, I'm sure that they will make a very big difference. I use Apple, the one that I'm wearing, that's mm-hmm. the one actually I use to record courses. Uh, there are have been some difficulties, like the fan noise is going inside the mic sometimes. I have to turn off the fan, and in Houston, you can't really do that. <laughs> um, so it can become like uh, weird, but uh, usually I record my programming things first, and then I go back to my slides where I'm explaining the introductory stuff. And the last thing that I obviously recorded, the promo video that takes more time. Um, But yeah, usually I record the coding part first and then I go back and I start uh, recording the slides where I'm like, okay, what is a database? Okay, let me explain you that. Yeah. Got it. Cool. Cool. So what's, what, what would you say is the difference? um, Because you're teaching these boot camps, um, which... Mm -hmm. Uh, is a whole nother animal. <laughs> what would you say is the difference between uh, doing like a live boot camp and an online course? And uh, for anyone out there who might be interested in teaching like a live class or a live boot camp, what would you recommend for them? So, teaching live is obviously very different from when you're teaching on Udemy, uh, which is a recorded material. When you're teaching live, you have to understand that every student is obviously very different and they will ask different questions. Some questions might be advanced, some questions might be way too basic. Uh, you have to, and I have, I do that like in a physical classroom every single day uh, for four months. So you have to have, for live teaching or bootcamp, you have to have empathy for students. Like they are learning, trying to learn something new and it will be hard. It will be very hard for them to learn this if they have absolutely no background mm-hmm. in programming at all. So you have to be there not for a technical point of view, but you have to be there also for them for emotionally and always be there to help them that, hey, just take one baby step at a time. You will do it. I know mm-hmm. you can do it, but you have to take one small step at a time. You, I'm a strict teacher uh, when I'm teaching boot camps, so I don't give out answers. 
Mm-hmm. I want them to struggle. I know it's kind of sound weird, <laughs> but I want them to struggle for at least 30 to 45 minutes mm-hmm. because that is the only time they will go into deep learning. If they yeah. are like raising their hand every 30 seconds, I, I can give them the answer maybe, but they're not going to learn anything. Right. So I want them to struggle a little bit and then they can ask me for the answer and I will give them a hint that maybe this is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy teaching. It uh, always allows me to learn something new every semester, every cohort. I also learn from the students and uh, I try to be dynamic with the course syllabus that I have. So sometimes maybe in the future I will be teaching React Native or even Flutter or some other new technology like machine learning also. Uh, and our staff at Digital Craft is very like really nice because they allow the instructor to be flexible, not like follow just one yellow brick road. So they're very, very uh, flexible in that case. So I'm very lucky to be here, yeah. Now, you said it, it Digital Craft, is that the name of it? Yeah, Digital Craft is a company that I work for. It's a boot camp. Uh, it's in Atlanta as well as in Houston. Is the, the top-rated boot camp in Houston and Atlanta, yeah. I'm in Houston, so, obviously. So how does that work? Do they help you find places to teach or the boot camps they set up the boot camps and then have you go teach them or how does that work yeah so i just work for them full-time and they are they have an admissions process so i'm their full-time employee just like a normal job and they will get students they will enroll students and then uh, they have a specified date that the classes begin and i teach four months which is 16 weeks then i get like three weeks off or break so I can just breathe a little bit. And then, uh, and then uh, you know, the whole process starts again. So every 16 weeks is a different class. That's cool. Got it. So what are your goals for like the next couple of years uh, with your business and, and online courses? Yeah, I definitely want to create at least three to four, continuing with that pace, three to four courses a year. Uh, I want to reach at least 50,000 students is my goal for this year. I'm around like 38,000 paid, I think, paid students. And three to four courses, I also want to keep up to date my YouTube channel. And not only for iOS, but I want to tap into different things like AWS, machine learning, and maybe push out a little bit more courses on web development. I think I've only pushed out two more, two courses on web development. But now I'm working on a course that will also benefit my physical students that I have. They are going to benefit from it. So that's why I'm working on the new course. Nice. Cool. Sounds really cool. Well, this has been an awesome interview, a great case study of a successful instructor who's doing this part time and just inspiration for anyone who can kind of just get started on the side. Uh, What's your final piece of advice for someone who just wants to get into teaching online courses, hasn't started yet, is nervous, doesn't know where to start? (laughs) What, What advice do you have for them? So I always give the, this advice to my students that you can get 90% of the tasks done if you just show up, <laughs> you will get it done. I mean, for me, I only get maybe hour or two hours a day to record my courses and my lovely wife take care of our two monkeys. Uh, but, <laughs> How old are uh, your monkeys? <laughs> uh, eight, eight and six. Nice. Oh, same as mine. Same exact oh. years. Okay. Awesome. Cool. So, yeah, so my wife takes care of the kids while I record like maybe one or two hours. And it's not like you have you have to record like the whole 18 hours at one go. You just record a mm-hmm. little bit, a little bit, just like a, the story of the rabbit and the tortoise. The tortoise win and the end. 
And the only reason he wins is that he was persistent and continued his journey or continued running. Yeah, uh, and that's the, the best advice I can give you. Just show up and record 30 minutes, one hour. Eventually, in a month or two, you will have a course, depending on the length of the course. That's perfect advice. And I was actually just talking to my buddy, Will, who teaches a lot of uh, photography classes with me about this. And he was talking about how he has people coming up to him, friends who are also photographers and in the same sort of industry saying, I want to teach an online course. Like, that sounds so cool. And Will was just telling them like, yeah, like you could totally teach it, but you just like got to do it. Like there's no secret to (laughs) it. Like, uh, but it does take work. It's not like Mm -hmm. it's just, you just do it and it's going to make a ton of money. You just, but if you show up and you just do it, like we've been doing for several years now, I think, um, anybody can have success if they just kind of show up and, and take action. So, Awesome advice. If anyone's interested in finding out more uh, about um, Mohammed's uh, website, his courses, we'll link to all of his his websites and everything at onlinecoursemasters.com slash 8282 for this episode and all of the other things we talked about. Um, and yeah, thank you to everyone who, who listened to the show. Uh, we appreciate the reviews that people are leaving on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you're listening. So if you haven't left a review, please, please, please take a moment right now uh, while you're listening to leave a review. Uh, this season, we've been shout- shouting out some of our favorite reviews that we've gotten. This one is from Mario Aldre on iTunes. Uh, who says, I do not have other words, but to be immensely grateful for all of the quantity and quality of information that you have given me through your courses and podcasts related to related to the development and launch of my online courses. I've been following you for two years. And in the days I am launching my second course, uh, the seven habit habits of successful creatives on Udemy without your support, this project would have not been impossible to execute. So that's Mario Aldre from Caracas, Venezuela. Thank you for the review. For everyone listening, make sure you check out onlinecoursemasters.com for the full show show notes to enroll in our academy and to join a community of fellow course creators. And of course, if you're brand new to teaching online, check out our free five-day course creation challenge. It's the perfect way to jumpstart your online course business. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Mohammed, thank you so much for being here again. Uh, we can't wait to see where your business goes in the future and to stay in touch. And who knows, maybe we'll do a boot camp in Los Angeles um, and <laughs> we'll get to meet in person or... Or Florida. Or Florida. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, just best of luck and thank you for sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you.